0: Producing audio for every need and Greta Pope entertainment for the finest in entertainment. We're going to pick up where we left off last episode with Dan Navarro.
1: What has changed is interaction with people that I miss greatly. I could, I mean, the other thing is when a pandemic first happened, haircuts went away. So my hair was down to here and I needed a haircut and a hug really bad. <laughs> um, I had a relationship, a long distance relationship, and that ended. Um, But the the really, the biggest impact has been in not having the normal ways to do things and deciding what's important to me and what's not. Especially when things have gotten bad. There have been two different surges in LA that have gotten really, really, really bad. I'm in Los Angeles, everybody. And in November, LA got horrible, really, really horrible. So I was doing everything with delivery services I didn't leave the house. I didn't see people because I you know, I didn't want to get sick. I can't afford to get sick. And to those who wonder how serious it is, I'm not going to fall on either side of the political spectrum on that. I'm not going to dare take on that, that beast. What I will say is that the impact on some people who've survived it has been to deteriorate them well. I'm an older guy. I'm, you, I'm, you can look it up. I'm pretty dang old. I don't want the illness to turn me into the old man, I am not. And therefore it's worth it to stay back and oh. to not take the chance. It's like going into an open field where you know that it's a hundred yards by a hundred yards, but there are two landmines out there. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it. Yeah. When you're younger, you go, I can make it. Yeah. Then you blow your foot off yeah. or you watch somebody else blow their foot off. I'm not yeah. doing it.
2: Yeah, why take a chance?
1: I mean, it's just not worth it.
2: Yeah. Now we have another question. Um, How do you work on accents? What is your technique? Um, And then what what is the name of your DVDs? And you know, he's asking a lot of different uh, questions.
1: Well, the accent thing, because I'm bilingual, um, I had learned to hear, and because I'm a musician, and this is Greta, I know you as a singer. Mm -hmm. I've talked to many voice people. There's a voice director in particular who's based in Toronto named Stevie Valance. She's a dear friend. We've actually never worked together, but she's a really dear friend. And she, and she sings. And she said she liked hiring singers for voice acting mm-hmm. because they can hear the melody of the text. Mm-hmm. And there is a melody to the text. We can tell the difference between, you know, I want you to go get that gun. And I want you to go get that gun. And we're hearing we're hearing the melody, the pitch, as we deliver what we're doing sometimes we have to learn to amplify it sometimes we have to learn to tamp it down when we're sitting there going it's my birthday don't do do, do. it's my birthday and you know the director's kind of going this is film not stage (laughs) but those aspects of hearing led me to hearing subtle differences being trained in college to sing classical choral works in french italian german languages i didn't know taught me to do accents and to understand how to properly pronounce things even though i didn't know what i was saying so when i get an audition for something my first step is youtube russian accents and i watch four or five youtubes and i try to figure out how to, how, how to vet to vet out the way to do it and it's very very difficult sometimes and they sometimes they seem to put wise in everything you know it's probably going to get it and I don't know if that's exactly how it is, but you can approximate it, but then you start hearing the reference mm-hmm. and then you just impersonate it. You just move your mouth around and you try to... And you, because we as singers know, there's the middle of your tongue to the back of your throat creates this and to the front of your throat creates that. Mm-hmm. And I learned about Spanish accents, Sp- Mexican American accents. They don't talk like this. This is not how they talk. This is the person that come from Mexico. The person that lives in L.A. probably doesn't even speak Spanish, but he's got this little bit of an accent, and the L is all the way toward the side of the mouth instead of a in little L in the middle of the mouth. And you, le- you learn how to do that. And there's very, very subtle differences that you don't really hear. They don't have to be particularly strong. You don't have to talk like this. Sometimes there's a need to talk like this. Other time, it's just a very subtle little thing. And then, of course, there's Ricardo Montalban had this habit of speaking with a very effete accent with a little bit of the stuff thrown in. You listen to what the hallmarks are and you hit them.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's great. That is great. So what advice would you give to someone wanting to be a voiceover person? What, what, uh, What would you tell them about how to get out there and find an agent and all of those things?
1: The first thing I would do is practice. Okay. The ability to practice is easier than ever before. Your phone has a pretty decent microphone in it upgrade the software um there are you know the 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 voice memo that comes with the iphone and i'm not an android guy so i don't know what that is but the the, the voice um oh i think i found it i think i may have found it i'll talk about this in a second i'm gonna move okay. the um the app i use the most often it's in my is it in my utilities no it's in my work folder um is called <laughs> voice record and its icon is an old school sure microphone with a, with a pair of headphones on them there's one called avr x pro that's fairly high end and it'll do a lot and you can use your phone to practice a good usb microphone doesn't cost that much i mentioned the road podcaster this is what i do my auditions with mm-hmm. it's a usb microphone it weighs about four pounds it's made of metal Patterned after the Electro-Voice RE20, a dynamic mic, USB-powered headphone jack, and a little volume control. So you can, and it's $229 online, which means if you're lucky, you can find for about 125 dollars $550 used. And they're sturdy as hell, so it's okay to buy a used one. And Rode, that's, that's R-O-D-E, Rode um, is very, very good about service and attention after the fact even if you buy it used you contact them and they will help you out um and practice pull pages out of a magazine and and start reading them start getting used to the difference between announcer copy which is you know usually going to be saying something like the new toyota camry where five people can travel and six in the glove compartment as opposed to a guy talking about um when i'm sitting at home with my family all i really want to be is safe So I bought this alarm system and it works. And they're really trying to be just the person next door. And you know, they they don't want this unless it's a parody as they're sitting there and saying, you know, uh, only one sandwich will bring you what you need in a sandwich because they are being silly. But you can practice your timbres. You can practice your pace, record it. The recording software is usually free in these computers and start listening back and direct yourself. What have I done right? What am I doing that's not working? What could I change? Listen to commercials. Listen to stuff on TV. Start aping them. And create a body of work that if somebody says, I need something, you can either make it for them or draw from it. Mm-hmm. 2007, I started doing my auditions at home. That's 13, almost 14 years now. What it means, I'm 100, 150 auditions a year. Lately, probably 50. But I've got probably nearly 2,000 auditions wow. stored If somebody says, I need this, Mm -hmm. I can go, I remember I did something like that. You go searching for it. It's all labeled so you can track it. And there you go.
2: That's great. That's great. Yeah, that's wonderful. So now tell us what advice you would give to singer songwriters looking to get their music placed.
1: That's a hard one. The access to a general public is both easier than ever and harder than ever. The hard part is monetizing it. Like unlike the old days where, you know, you make a record, you sell a record and, and based on its performance, you do a certain thing. And radio was king. Again, I can draw in the Chicago area because of WXRT and the saturation they played us with between 1990 and 1998 and still play, you know, every throwback Saturday, they'll play Walking on a Wire from 1990. And I, I've been in town and hear it. And if I'm in, t- if Lynn Bramer knows I'm in town, he'll play me on his show, play us on his show. Lowen, by the way, from Loan and Navarro, passed away in 2012, so I've been solo since 2006. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. in getting started, the important thing is to write. Write, 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 write. Write what you know. Write what you feel. Uh, be self-critical of you're writing enough to grow, but not so self-critical you stifle yourself. And put stuff out there, whether it's on online platforms. There is a revenue stream that comes from it, and it's small. I hate it, but get yourself on Spotify. Get yourself on the streaming services. It's not that hard to do. You could usually consolidate that through either Orchard or CD Baby and get out to most of the services. But start the process. Have an active social media presence. My personal opinion is that streaming really, really, really works from the standpoint is that you may be grabbing your fans one at a time. Get over here, you. Get over here. But they stick with you if you give to them and you have to give to them not with an eye toward what you're going to receive but the act of giving has to be the act of receiving mm-hmm. and if you feel that and you embody that in your music whether your music is rock jazz soul folky make it sincere if it's about being angry about politics make it sincere if it's about being s- sad in love make it sincere if it's about just play if it's about party 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 make it count mm-hmm. you know beastie boys they were pretty good at that. And the whole idea is own what you do. Tell the bloody truth, whatever that is. And keep putting it out there fearlessly because the people that are going to go, I hate that. You don't know who they are. And they might tell you, delete them. It's no big deal. But just start, start engendering and reinforcing the connection between this and this and this. And that applies to acting. It applies to, you know, it applies to singing. Even if you're singing something that is somebody else's, if you don't own the material, yeah. you're not going to have a convincing vocal. Yeah. And the same thing applies as a singer, songwriter, or an artist trying to get out there. Just put it everywhere and never, ever, 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 ever stop. Because if you stop, that's when it's over. Somebody asked me once, can you give me some advice? I went, quit. They went, well, I can't quit. I said, then you don't need advice. You need luck.
2: That's great, that is great, that's great. Well, Dan, it has been so wonderful having you with us and you, oh wait, we have another question. Do you copyright your own songs before you release them? Do you recommend that writers do that before releasing their material?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I don't. I've oh, had do. one song stolen from me in my career and it wasn't stolen outright, like they took my song and stuck their name on it. They took a portion of the chorus integrated it into what they did so that it was obvious to me and a few other people, changed other stuff, it was gonna be virtually impossible to to um, get action on, and it probably would've ru- ruined our careers because mm-hmm. the person who did it was a very major, one of the biggest stars in the yeah. history of popular music. Yeah. And our publisher went, yeah, tough break, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I put a copyright notice on everything I send out in any sort of hard copy, meaning a tape, uh, an mp3 i'll embed it in there someplace in the metadata because you can do that in itunes as you can put in metadata including a copyright notice and songwriter credits lyric sheets i put a copyright notice on all of that if you really think that there's a risk copywriting can be done it's not cheap it's about i think 150 bucks a song but you can also copyright a collection of songs these are my 10 songs my my 10 february songs or whatever You know, songs of 2020, that's a collection, one copyright fee, everything that's in it is copyrighted. Mm -hmm. If you put a copyright notice, it's a little bit like putting an, I've got an alarm system sticker on your window. Mm -hmm. No one's really going to go, ah, they're bluffing. Mm -hmm. They're going to go, they're going to move on. Mm -hmm. And so they won't do that. And you, you are protected by common law copyright. It's just hard to prove without a true registration. And by the way, the whole thing of mailing something to yourself doesn't work the reason it doesn't work you can mail an unsealed envelope to yourself get a postmark on it and then at the chosen moment decide to stick something in it seal it and who's going to know the difference so they err on the side of 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 support of uh, verification you can't truly verify that even though it looks like you can so but that's that's the answer to the copyright issue i don't do it i register everything with bmi broadcast music inc counterpart of ascap
3: mm-hmm.
1: And therefore there is evidence of when it was registered and a credit in my name. And the other thing can be, you know, performances out there. But I put a copyright notice on everything, but I don't file legal copyright until something's released and recorded.
2: Okay. Okay. That's that's very good advice. Different advice than, than I was expecting, but but very good.
1: Well it's it's a functional standpoint. I mean there's no question that copywriting something properly is much, much, much greater. Let me put it this way. Actually, having the alarm system is better (laughs) than only having a sticker. But some people can't afford it. And for rookie writers, that can be a hindrance. My suggestion, put a copyright notice on everything, wait till you've got a dozen of them, and then copyright the collection in one go for one fee instead of paying 12 fees. That's
2: great. That's great. That's great. Well, Dan, it, it's been great talking with you today. You told You,
1: me- Greta too. I'm looking forward to hearing how you're doing.
2: Well, I'm doing great. Everything is is going very well. I have a, a uh, podcast that I'm doing, the Business great. Savvy People podcast, and just a lot of things that I've sort of taken up during the pandemic. And it's it's uh, it's been great. Kind of the things to keep me sane, keep me happy, keep me moving forward, all of those things. So it's it's great.
1: Well, you and I met through at an after convention, I want to say 2009 or so, so it's been a dozen years, and your name has come up recently in, the, in my sound recordings negotiating committee with Janice Pendarvis, the famous singer with Sting and many other people. Um, she's my vice chair, um, and uh, we, may, we may tap you on the shoulder sometime because we both think very highly of you.
2: Thank you. Well, I would love that. I would love that. So I'm wondering if you would be willing to sing something for Sure. Hey, it's so a oh, pleasure.
1: I'm trying to decide if I should do the big old hit cuz I think everybody's going to like that. Um,
2: I think so too. I
1: think so too. I'm so And <laughs> So this song was written in 90 minutes in September of 1983. We didn't write it to be a hit. We wrote it just to write it. Had no idea what would happen with it. And 13 months later, it was a top five hit all over the world, and our lives were changed permanently. And I remember the look on our faces the first time we heard it on the radio. It was something like...
3: Twenty times I tried to tell you twenty times I cried alone always I'm surprised how well you cut my feelings to the bone don't want to leave you really just want to break the ice do I look silly to you when I yield to your advice when you say we belong to the light we belong to the thunder Of the words we both fallen under. Whatever we deny or embrace, for worse or for better, we belong. We belong. We belong together. Si acaso no lo sabes, te aseguro que es verdad. El cariño que es sincero no se apaga con crueldad. Lo que fuimos y desprecias lo más fiel. Juntitos pretendimos que la luna era de miel. Junto a ti, junto a ti, solo es mi anhelo. Everybody sing with me at home. Junto a ti, como el rayo de luz que ha brotado el cielo. No importa el porvenir si sufrir es mi triste destino. Junto a ti. Hasta el fin del camino.
1: The Spanish words mean that there is no love that is greater than that between a true-hearted gentleman and his chosen one in the back of an El Camino Out on Lake Shore Drive in February. Like Close your eyes and try
3: to sleep now, close your eyes and try to dream, clear your mind and do your best to try and wash the palate clean. We can't begin to know it, how much we really care, but I hear your voice inside me, and I see your face everywhere, now I say we belong to the light, we belong to the Sound of the words we pop on and under Whatever we deny or embrace or worship a in
2: Bravo,
0: bravo, bravo. Wow, what a treat to hear from this wonderful singer-songwriter, Dan Navarro. Thanks, Dan. The Business Savvy Singer Podcast is brought to you by ThePrivateMusicStudio.net, Eternal Wolf Music, and Greta Pope Entertainment. Let us know if you know of a singer who is having great success in the music business. We'd love to share their story and their journey on this podcast. Send your emails to info at grettapope.com. We've had a great time with you today. See you next time on the Business Savvy Singer podcast. The Business Savvy
2: Singer.